0: This is an energy sport podcast, insightful, in-depth and entertaining
1: sports content from Napier to you.
2: Hello and welcome to Energy Sport Unpacked, a podcast series in which our writers take a deep dive into the topics they've been covering on our award-winning website. My name is Sean McGill and today's episode is all about one of our most popular and well-received articles of the year titled Hearts, Should They Stay or Should They Go 2021? Uh, Written by Energy Sports Hearts Correspondent and my first guest on this podcast, Jamie McIntosh. Jamie, how are you?
0: Yes, very good. It's been a lovely day in the capital, so a perfect day for podcasting, I'm sure you'd agree.
2: Oh, definitely. I love sitting inside uh, doing this on a a Thursday night. Excited to talk about hearts?
0: Always. Always excited to talk about hearts.
2: Yeah. Well, as as much as you've done a great job uh, covering the Jambos this season, there was absolutely no way I was letting you have the final say. On the future of this squad, so um, we've drafted in some special help, and we'd like to be joined by who scored Scottish Premiership preview writer and co-host of the Perth to Paisley podcast, Adam Ken- Kennedy. Adam, thanks very much for joining us.
1: My pleasure, Sean. Thank you very much for uh, for having me on to talk about the
2: mighty jam tarts. Are you equally as excited as Jimmy? Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's go with that. We've got trepidation in your voice there, but we'll get straight into it. And Jimmy, I want to start by talking to you about the way you kicked off this article, because you talk about the fact that you did the same piece last year, sort of anticipating that relegation would act as a reset for this heart squad. And I, I don't know if you're maybe anticipating a bit of uh, youthful injection to the side and you can sort of start again. Uh, it's not been the case, really. <laughs> so uh, what I would ask you is um, what do you think has gone wrong that you've had to write this article again? And uh, how much does that sort of underline the wider problems at Hearts this season?
0: Well, it's the same old story with recruitment. Obviously, first and foremost, the recruitment hasn't been good enough at Hearts for a number of years now. I think when Hearts got relegated, uh, or demoted, sorry, I should say, um, I don't think we needed this big clear out. You know, I thought we had the opportunity to try and um, bleed in some of the youngsters. And, you know, I said a few weeks ago on on Extra Time that um, Hearts had won the championship but had done it the wrong way you know they, they had this opportunity to kind of try and feed in guys like Ewan Henderson one of the few that has actually made a first team appearance um, Harry Cochran guys like that featured in the Betfred Cup games in in, uh, in August July last year and that's kind of been it you know instead we went out and signed guys on short-term kind of deals like Elliot Freer, Gervain Castanier, Jordan Roberts And they've all not been good enough. So I think this is the problem. If Hearts had gone out and signed a lot of players that were very good, then we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. But the fact is that Hearts had an opportunity, in my eyes, to try and bleed in some of the youngsters to this team. They didn't. They went and signed players on short-term deals, and they've not been up to scratch. So I think now, for me, I'm saying that, well, it's a bit of a wasted season because the players we've brought in haven't been good enough. They're not going to be at the football club for... Well, Jordan Roberts is on a, an 18-month deal, so he's got another year left. But Freer and Castanier are going to be away. And it just seems like a wasted opportunity. We had this opportunity to, to feed in youngsters, and we've not done it. So that's, for me, the main thing is recruitment. But that's nothing new at this football club, as, as I'm sure all the listeners are aware of.
2: Adam, I think the general consensus was that as damaging as relegation or demotion, as you guys may like to say, um, as that was to hearts, uh, a year of being able to blood young talent like Jamie saying and get back into a winning routine could potentially benefit Hearts in the long run. And like we said, that's not proved to be the case. So, how has that been to watch as a fan and also to talk about every week on your podcast?
1: Um, incredibly infuriating uh, for the most part. Um, no, I think I think if we look back at kind of the last time that we were in the championship, obviously that squad for the most part. Whilst obviously having having a couple experienced additions for the fourteen fifteen campaign as it was, obviously off the back of the thirteen fourteen, chances are you're looking at it and saying, well, it's a team of teenagers for the most part that have had that sort of premiership experience, so are ready to go in the second tier. And in Jamie's, in, in, sorry, in fairness to Jamie, I thought that we'd be going down a, a sort of similar route in that, you know, as a as a fan, there's nothing. I'd love to see more than Hearts fans getting the chance to play at Tynecastle. Castle. There's, there's no buzz like seeing a young boy come on in a sort of, I don't even want to say a big fixture because it doesn't necessarily have to be in front of 18,000 plus, you know, packed to, packed to the brim um, and ultimately given the chance to strut their stuff and we haven't seen that for a good few years certainly and that's, that has probably been amongst many frustrations um, this season, probably the key one first and foremost.
2: So we'll get into it then, and we'll start, as Jamie's article did, with the goalkeepers. And the first one was, you said, one of the easier decisions in the article, and I think that's uh, plain to see for a lot of people, and that was Craig Gordon. uh, Jamie, do you think that people outside of the Hearts bubble, as I am, are maybe not understanding just how big a role Craig Gordon's played in your uh, championship winning season?
0: Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say, um, solely because they've probably not watched Hearts or Craig Gordon there for as much as us. Um, Craig Gordon has has come up with a number of big saves for Hearts this season and, you know, as much as I I say that the other teams in the championship taking points off each other, we think it's a very evenly contested league, as you can see by the the league table. Craig Gordon's made a lot of big saves and and that has secured a lot of Hearts victories by narrow margins. So it's, it's, although Hearts are very far ahead on points, the, the kind of games are um, a little misleading, probably, in, in many respects, going by the fact that, as I say, Craig Gordon, I think, has come up big on, on numerous occasions for Hearts this season. So, yeah, I think it's it's fair to say that um, other fans have, have not really noticed that the impact of Craig Gordon in the squad as much as us.
2: And, Adam, I saw you arguing away on Twitter today about uh, the merits of Craig Gordon. Uh, so, I know that you feel strongly about him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean... <laughs> I try and sort of take my maroon-tinted specs off at times, but for me, he's up there with, with one of the best goalkeepers in the country. And like Jamie says, a a decent slash world-class save is genuinely not a rare occurrence. You know, it seems to be at least one game-defining save per match. Um, and that's one of the few positives, I guess, watching Hearts, is the fact that last season with, with Joel Pereira between the sticks, <laughs> I think the fans were probably as nervous as the defenders playing in front of them. So the fact that we've got that sort of assurance with Craig Gordon now back in goal is just a total game changer and is ultimately the reason that we are where we are.
2: He's been a big, big player. Um, and in Jamie's list, he's uh, decided what he's going to do with each of these players. Adam's done the same for us. And there's a, a group of three goalkeepers here who are all getting punted on Jamie's list. And I think anyone who's watched a bit of Hearts would understand uh, why. So that's Ross Stewart, Colin Doyle, and Bobby Lamal. Adam, do you feel the same about those three?
1: Punted all three exactly the <laughs> same, yeah.
2: <laughs> I just hope Colin Doyle doesn't come back to Kilmarnock last like, uh, like season because I've not enjoyed that too much. Um, and the final goalkeeper there is Harry Stone. Jamie, talk to me a bit about how highly rated he is. Obviously, he's had a couple of loan spells this year, but a, there's a lot of good noises coming out of Gorgie uh, relating to Harry Stone.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it was actually in the documentary um, that the BBC did. Um, Craig, I think it was Craig Gordon, if I remember rightly, was going on about Harry Stone. Somebody, or was it Gallagher? I can't remember now. Somebody was going on about Harry Stone and said that he was very highly thought of at the club. He's now had a couple of loan spells, as you say, and there's been a lot of footage now that's been released on Twitter. Um, a lot of activity praising this guy, showing some of his saves. And to be honest, the Albion Rovers—they're—they're they're not one of the better teams in League Two. So the chances are he's having to—he's—he's he's a busy goalkeeper in that team, is what I'm trying to say. So um, yeah, it's great—it's good to see a lot of his kind of saves on on Twitter. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly going about his business in the right way, and and that's what loan spells for for youngsters like Harry Stone are, are all about. It's about getting him game time and getting him used to to being in goals. And okay, he's not playing in front of fans, but you know it's it's all about getting the uh, getting game time basically. And that's what he's doing. He's he's improving and learning hopefully every day at Albion Rovers.
2: And Adam, would you be keen to see Harry Stone get some minutes next season? Obviously, you'd want Craig Gordon to continue for the most part, but maybe the odd cup game or so.
1: Well, this this is the tricky debate. I was trying to think about this today because even if we, if even if we chuck him in for for cup games, it's big pressure from a from for a young man. Certainly, um, I think the cups have been a frustration this season. So the fact that we'd be looking to kind of I don't want to say gamble by chucking a teenager between the sticks, but you you run the risk almost. Um, and Craig Gordon certainly for an established as for as established a goalkeeper as he is, rather, to then go from him to a relatively still untried but highly thought of keeper would be a massive risk in my eyes. But he certainly seems to be earning rave reviews, so perhaps perhaps he's worth it. We'll just need to wait and see, I suppose.
2: We'll need to wait and see. And moving on now to defence, I want to start, Jamie, with one of the more, I think, controversial picks on this list, or one of the most interesting from an outsider's point of view, certainly, because Craig Halkett was very highly thought of before his move to Tyne Castle, that Livingston back three alongside Declan Galha and Alan Lithgow, he was kind of the star, really. And it just, for a multitude of reasons, it seems like it hasn't worked out really for him at Tyne Castle. But I think some fans would say there's still very much a player in there. You've chosen uh, to sell him or release him. Do you want to explain that decision a wee bit more? Look, uh, you
0: know, I mean when I released this article on Twitter, he was the player that a lot of people said, oh, or, or sat up and took notice of, um, of that review. And some people made some really good points, actually. So last season, uh, Adams just made one there at the start, saying that Joe Pereira, Bobby Lamal, Colin Doyle, the goalie that was behind Craig Halkett, that can't be easy. If you're trying to defend a cross and you think, Christ, I've got to deal with this because the goalie's not going to come and get this or he's not going to command his box very well. So... That can't help, and this season, and you know, obviously now we've got Craig Gordon. This season, he's playing alongside Mihai Popescu or Christoph Berra. That probably doesn't help either. At Livingston, he was part of a back three. That was another point somebody made that hadn't thought of a completely different formation. Um, At Livingston, he was part of a back three alongside Declan Gallagher and Alan Lifko. Alan Lifko obviously just came back to um, Livingston, back into the squad from injury. Declan Gallagher snapped up by Motherwell, playing in the Scotland squad. And I think that's probably the thing that's really disappointed me in Halkett is I think that when Hart signed Halkett, people thought that Halkett and Gallagher were relatively similar in ability, Halkett if not better. Halkett was obviously the captain of that Livingston team. So I think maybe my expectations were too high maybe. but he certainly hasn't delivered, and, and you know, ultimately, as I say, he's part of a Hearts defence that has been very leaky this season, and ultimately, he was at the heart of a defence that got relegated last season. So, you know, he, he hasn't been good enough. If he improves next season, his contract runs until next summer. If he improves next season, then brilliant. Um, because, like you, I still do think there is a player in there. But uh, to be fair to him, it can't help playing alongside Pupetscu or Bera, or last season having Joe Pereira, Bobby Zomar, or Colin Doyle in behind him. So. Yeah, maybe I was a bit harsh with him, but you know, I, I stand by it. He's not been good enough, um, as many of them haven't been this this season. I think that's still a fair point. I don't think I was wrong to in my decision, but you know, I think it's I think it's warranted. But I think there's a case for both sides. Definitely, he's one of the one of the players that could go either way for sure.
2: So, Jamie, saying there, Adam, it was one of the ones where he got the most sort of bite back. Where do you stand on Craig Halkett? Sorry, do you think he does have a, a future at Ten
1: I think he does, but I think he needs a a partner in there with him. Um, I'm very intrigued by the the Declan Gallagher situation at Motherwell. Not too sure exactly the the contractual situation, but as far as I was aware, his deal was up come this summer. So whether Hearts could pursue that and ideally reunite the two um, at the heart of the defence, we'd wait and see. John Suter's injury as well, I don't think has helped Craig Halkett whatsoever. I feel as though the pair of them could have perhaps formed a a really decent partnership, given they've got age on their side, could have played for a number of years, and ultimately you feel as though both are perhaps sort of using hearts as a a stepping stone, as sad as that is to say, but it's probably the harsh reality. So ideally I'd like to see Suter and Halkett on a regular basis, but I totally understand Jamie's, you know, skepticism regarding keeping him at Tyncastle. and again, I think he's got every right to sort of expect that little bit more, given there was seemingly a plethora of clubs that were interested, um, obviously, after his uh, his Livingston time came to an end. So, yeah, I mean, again, I can totally see why there are folks sitting on both sides of the fence. I'm probably leaning towards a keep, but centre half for me is probably the key area that hearts need to address in the summer. To be honest, if they're to have a successful Premiership campaign, a lot um, of people. Can I just jump we, in?
2: A
0: course. lot of people have said that Craig Halkett looks overweight now, or slightly overweight. Not not massive, obviously, but a lot of people have said he, that they feel he's put the put a bit of weight on. What, what do
1: you think? Do you agree with that? Or he certainly looked like it in uh, in lockdown. I think his was more a, a chalkdown, wasn't it? So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. He, he certainly seemed to go up in a, in a couple short sizes um, so I don't know maybe maybe that but then how can you have no motivation that's what I was about to say how how can surely you, you look at that and think that you can contribute in the team I I don't know I, I've, perhaps there's something mental going on but again I, I'd like to see a, a suitable partner for him because I'm, I'm willing to give him another chance certainly when you look at the other centre-halves currently at the club I can understand why you'd be looking to get rid of them more than than Craig Halkett for me?
0: Yeah, I think that's. I think next season is massive for Halkett. If he if he is lucky enough to stay at the club, then I think next season is is massive. Obviously, goes without saying that his contract's up next summer. As I say, so you know if if he's gonna make or
1: break, really isn't
0: it? It, it is. It is. So if if they do go and get a partner in there, that's that's the last excuse. Because I think you know, as I say, I think there are, I think there are excuses for him playing alongside Popescu better, having Doyles, Lamal, Pereira in behind. I think there I think there are reasonable Again, um, excuses to say that he's he's not had an easy ride of it probably. He's probably maybe thinking at times playing alongside Popescu like, Jesus Christ, how on earth am I supposed to do anything with this clown beside me? But
2: Tell me more. Tell me more about Mia Popescu. You've said let him go. Um, you said there was positive signs when he first sort of signed that was it wasn't a, a terrible reaction from St Marin. That's a good way to usually uh, gauge these sorts of things. I know we all do it, um, but in recent months, certainly, I feel like the criticism of uh, Popescu has been very vocal from uh, Hearts fans.
0: Yeah, it's a difficult one, really. Um, Looks he's again. It he was signed on a, a relatively um, relatively short term deal. He's got another year to run on his contract. When Hearts signed him, St Minim fans were gutted. They wanted him back. Um, and you know he seemed to do very well there. They they thought of him very highly, which which as you say is usually a good um a good kind of way to way to base a signing on if he's done well in the league before. But again, he's just not been good enough, and he looks shaky at times. He looks rash with the ball sometimes at his feet. He's out of position. The Hearts have played him at right-back, which was just never going to work, to be fair to him. That's not his fault. But as a centre-back, he has been very below par. And as I say, is at the heart of a defence that's that's been very leaky this season, which obviously for Hearts is is pretty poor because I think Hearts should have kept way more clean sheets than they have this season. And, you know, obviously Gordon has has made a lot of big saves as well. So even the shots that haven't gone in, if uh, if Hearts didn't have Craig Gordon in goals, I think they would have conceded a lot more than, than they already
2: have this season. Adam, are you the same? Do you think that Popescu should be punted as well?
1: Totally agree. I've uh, I've dubbed him the, the Bucharest bomb scare on my <laughs> on my podcast and uh, with good reason. You know, it just like Jamie says, totally rash and I, I just get some sort of like PTSD whenever I see him come out of the fence with the ball. So just between him and Christoph Berra punting it long, we can't seem to find that that right um combination, if you like. So would happily see, see Mihai Pupescu go. And to be honest, I don't want to be too disrespectful here, but he is perhaps a St Mirren centre-half. He's not a Hartman in centre-half.
2: I'm sure there's any St Mirren fans who will cover you for that one, considering their position in the league. I've got to defend us premiership, OK? Um, where will we go? Now, I guess there's questions to be asked about John Suter as well. You've got him as a keep, Jamie, but... Is there a case to be made, perhaps, that John, sort of, if he gets a few run running games before the end of the season, looks all right, it could be the ideal time for Hearts to try and get whatever money they can for him, considering he's still quite highly thought of and his uh, injury record.
0: And, I mean, his contract's up next summer as well, so if they don't negotiate a new deal, say he does kind of look all right for the, the, the next few games, um, and then doesn't agree to a new deal hearts might end up letting him go for for nothing if he if he stays injury free next uh next season back in the top flight um yeah you know it was, it was great to see him back against aloe it really was um but obviously there <laughs> there is a risk with guys like john Sewer, you know as we know and look if john suitor had been injury free he wouldn't be at hearts he'd be i don't know where he'd be but he wouldn't be at hearts he'd be at a much better level than us um because he's a great footballer and he's he's been so unlucky with injuries. Um, I think that's three now serious serious injuries he's had. So he's just not been very lucky, has he? Um, there's there's not really too much else to say about John Suter. I think I've I've got him down as a keep, as you say. But you know, if he if he gets injured again, then I think that that could be it. I think John Suter is determined as he's been so far to get back from, from three really bad injuries, I think one more and you've you've probably got to start thinking, what chance have I got, eh? Like maybe I should think about packing this in and going into coaching or something, I don't know, as sad as it is.
2: Yeah, are you the same Adam? I know that Hearts fans are, are desperate really for John Sutter to um, stay fit, not just for their own team's prospects but because he's a, a talented young player who they'd like to see kick on, so how do you feel about him and his future?
1: Totally echo Jamie's sentiments. I think his his ceiling is far bigger than Hearts. sadly. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think ideally, if fully fit, would probably be in contention for a, a Scotland shirt. And that's because I just feel as though he's, he's different to any centre-halves that are currently within the Scotland squad. Um, just seems a, a classic sort of ball-playing defender can... Could ideally move up into a defensive midfield role as well, if necessary. Just just a very, very good footballer. And yeah, a, a real soft spot for for John Souter. But unfortunately, like Jamie said, injuries have curtailed his career somewhat so far. So uh, yeah, th- th- there's nothing real else really that I can say other than he wouldn't be at Hearts should he have been injury-free because his stock is, is very high and for good reason.
0: I've just got one more thing to say about John Sewer, So I think now Hearts are in a really difficult position. I think they're in a lose-lose position. So, say Hearts don't offer John Souter another contract in this summer, they let it go, and he has a very good season next year. He goes but, away uh, for nothing.
1: Somebody sweeps. Yeah.
0: He goes away for nothing. Whereas if they give him a new contract, say another year on his contract, and he gets injured next season he's out for another season people think oh why the fuck did you give John Suter a new contract you know he was just going to get injured this was always going to happen so I think Hearts are in a lose-lose situation with John Suter now
2: and known Hearts injury luck whatever you do whatever contract situation happens it'll be the opposite uh, the way it goes that's just that's just how it's been uh, for a few years now I guess we can rattle through the fullbacks they seem a bit more self-explanatory sorry Uh, AD White's an interesting one I thought because he can have a good game from time to time, Adam, I don't know how you feel about that.
1: Um, probably can if played further up. I don't. Right. I, I don't. I don't really see. I don't really see him as a defender. If I'm honest, I, I see him more as kind of a a winger, a wide midfielder. I, I don't. I think defensively suspect. And again, it's another one where at the time signing him, everybody had sort of looked at his Leeds track record and how highly he was regarded there. But I think he hadn't played football in two years, so why on earth we offered him the contract with the sort of duration that we have is just baffling. Um, and again, you know, is the best that way that I can sum it up is he's probably looked at his best off the bench for Hearts. How can that be the case for a fullback? Because <laughs> then he's he's chucked sort of out wide up up and up on the left. So. It, it, it's a simple punt for me. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry to say it. There's there's nothing else really that I can say other than just a a mad decision at the time that has cost us for I don't want to say several years, which it sounds too harsh, but it probably is true.
2: Very fair. Um, I think that the two starting fullbacks, when fit, makes a lot of sense to keep both those Stephen Kingsley and Michael Smith. I assume you're the same on on those, Adam.
1: Yeah, yeah. Despite both having not played anywhere near what they're capable of probably since signing new deals. Michael Smith certainly looks back to his best in, in recent fixtures and obviously is filling in at centre half at the minute with this sort of back three. Um, Stephen Kingsley's obviously injured, but the first half of the season was superb and probably since the dreaded cup final defeat to Celtic, um, just hasn't seen that, that same player for whatever reason. So, if we can get Stephen Kingsley back to his best, he and Michael Smith, I'm I'm more than content with uh, as a fullback partnership. Definitely.
0: Well, I will say is you know I agree I've, I've got them both down as keeps. And um, what I will say though is that you know they are still part of a defence that that has been, you know, very leaky this season. And obviously Michael Smith was here last season as well. So Hart's defensive problems, as you say, it's one of the key issues that we need to address next season. Is that solely down to centre-backs then, our defensive problems?
1: Um, Do you know what? I think it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. As as harsh as that might sound to say, I think it probably is. Um, Yeah. Just given, like you say, the, the chopping and changing between Christoph Berra, Mihai Popescu, now John Suter's back in the equation. I think if we're looking at it, or ideally the first choice back four would be Kingsley Suter, Halkett Smith. Uh, yeah. I, 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 at this current minute in time, obviously we're going to talk about, or we have talked about that want for kind of defensive recruits. But if you're asking me right here, right now, I'd be content with that back four to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think. Um... That's what I mean, you know, I I think it does sound... Kingsley was excellent first half of the season and since he signed that contract extension, his level has dropped. But you could probably say so is the whole teams, really. Um, Yeah,
1: and to be fair, we'd scrutinise Hearts had they offered a kind of two-year deal and he hadn't performed anywhere near. I think we did the right thing in terms of initially short-term, gives him that incentive to crack on and is ultimately enjoying his football and that's the reason why we extended his deal. So... For once, we've actually managed a contractual situation pretty well in my eyes there.
0: It would appear so anyway, yeah.
2: <laughs> Always time for it to go wrong, lads. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about, uh, we'll very quickly touch on the two Logans. Uh, she, Jamie, you said was too early to sort of comment on. Has there been anything in the sort of couple of games since that would swing either way or are you still unsure?
0: Uh, he looks all right, actually, to be fair. um. You know, he's 33, so don't go and give him a four-year deal. But, you know, if you want to go and take him up on a year, then, yeah, I wouldn't be overly against that. Um, obviously, you're you're going to be stepping up into the Premiership, but, you know, he's a free agent. I think, you know, his, his contract's going to be up in the summer at Aberdeen, mm. so he's going to be a free agent. So... You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be overly against that. Um, as for Cammy Logan, again, someone who's here for for much longer. I think his contract's up until the summer 2023, so still got a couple of couple of years left with him. So again, another one I would have liked to have said, I liked to have seen you know come into the team this season, but obviously that's not happened. So uh, and I think a lot of the frustration with, from Hearts Sands with going out and signing Shea Logan and keeping Cammy Logan on loan um, was the fact that Cammy Logan wasn't actually playing. So he was on the bench you know it was like oh he was going to go to ibrox and get good experience there he was on the bench so it was like oh what was the point you know that was the whole argument when when hearts were asked robin nielsen was asked kind of the decision behind keeping Cammy logan out on loan and not calling him back was oh you'll get good game time out there and he's not been playing but mm-hmm. you know you would think with the schedule that the league one and league two teams have got just now that the game time will come for him before the end of the season so yeah look i think Shea Logan. As radical a kind of signing as it probably was, I mean, it did just come out of the blue and a lot of the fans' kind of reaction to it was, wasn't overly positive, to be honest, but I think no matter, Hearts could probably sign Messi and the, the reaction from the fans would be, ah, oh, that's just fucking useless. And So I'm not they sure you can really. really... We're difficult to please, I think, at the moment. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a difficult one to please Hearts fans at the moment. But I wouldn't be overly against signing Shea Logan on a, on a year deal or something next season. But just nothing stupid. Nothing, no three-year deals or that. None of that.
2: You talk about Hearts fans being hard to please. I know that, considering I'm from Midlothian, I've got plenty of Hearts supporting pals. And this next, our last defender we're going to talk about, has been in for a lot of criticism from my Hearts supporting pals, and that's Jamie Brandon. I've often uh, spoke to my friends after a game, and I've heard uh, some choice words for Jamie Brandon. You're saying unsure, um, sort of leading to the fact he's still young. There still could be something in there. Um, I think when I spoke to some pals about it, that was one of the decisions where they thought i just get rid. I mean,
0: he's got another year left on his deal. And if you're punting Eddie White, you're keeping Stephen Kingsley on, I would just keep Jamie Brandon as, as a backup for, for Stephen Kingsley because I think he's all right. I think he's okay. Um, he's a youngster, obviously, so his wages aren't going to be um, massive. He's not going to run the club into into debt or anything if they keep him around for another year if they loan him out I think that's probably his heart's career done uh, I think he'll I think he's probably going to be struggling to to keep his um keep his heart's career alive though but look I think sometimes he's had he's had a few good games but he's very rash in tackles sometimes he's uh pretty good for a booking though so I would I would be happy to see him stay around for for the bet
2: builders <laughs> where are you on that one Adam?
1: Uh, I, I'm in the, the punt camp, unfortunately. Um, I, just, I just think Jamie's point about sort of back up to Stephen Kingsley is an interesting one because we're going to touch on midfielders. I, I see a versatile midfielder that could possibly slot into left back um, if, if necessary. Um, and I've got to be honest here, Sean, I know this might um, pull on your heartstrings a little bit, I was I was very disappointed to see that Stephen O'Donnell had extended his deal at, uh, at Motherwell because I was hoping that Hearts could potentially swoop for him as opposed to maybe Shea Logan. Although, like Jamie says, he's made a decent case for him because ultimately, as much as I wasn't overly for the signing, um, he hasn't put a foot wrong so far. So there's nothing else really that I could say other than he's sort of Michael Smith 2.0 in that steady Eddie and like Jamie says, please just offer a year deal max. Nothing nothing crazy.
2: That seems sensible. And uh, unless I'm a complete idiot, I think I know who you're talking about for uh, the versatile midfielder. So we can move on. That can be my, my segue there. And uh, it's something Jamie's got as an unsure, and that's Andy Halliday. Um, I think there was a lot of... The noise coming out of Hearts fans when he signed was very positive. I think they thought it was a player who could bring a lot to the squad. It's been a bit up and down. Uh, where are you on him, Adam?
1: Look, I'm not going to kid on that I haven't been, you know, disappointed with the signing overall. He has been pretty underwhelming so far, if if, I, if the truth be told. But I, I was a big advocate for the signing. I've I've got to be honest. Um, and <laughs> perhaps the club ought not to listen to anything that I'm about to spout on here, given given that was the case. But uh, no, I'd I'd like to see Andy Halliday for for cover for left back, and I actually think he's suited better to a sort of full back wing back as opposed to a a sort of sitting midfielder. I think we're going to touch on Peter Haring, no doubt, but when fully fit, Haring, Irving, McInniff, you know the the trio could occupy those two sort of sitter roles in front of the back four if Robbie's going to persist with this four two three one, which it looks like he will. So yeah, I, I mean, I I probably keep Andy Halliday but more so as a left-back as opposed to a midfielder, as daft as that might seem.
2: Jamie, do you want to come in on that? And I think something the interesting point you make in your little paragraph about Andy Halliday is um, he could be more influential next season when Hearts face tougher tasks in the Scottish Premiership. Do you want to explain your, your thinking behind that?
1: Yeah,
0: so look, I mean, Hearts, Hearts dominate a lot of possession this season. You know, teams have come to tank gasoline sat in and I just think that's not really his his game. Andy Irving has has, um, has probably been one of the standout players in, in midfield this season, um in the middle of the park anyway. Because he, he he's just got a good delivery on him and he he's a bit more of a pat he has a bit more ability with the ball at his feet, I think, than Andy Halliday. I think Andy Halliday's a bit more of an enforcer and uh, he's a good kind of communicator in that as well. I think he's he's good at kinda noising the noising the guys up and get making sure the team are Team are up for it, and that's one of the advantages of of actually being at the ground um, this season with no fans. Is you can see who's who's talking and who's not, and who's shying away and who's not. So I think Andy Halliday has probably got a a place in this team somewhere. Um, I don't really know where it is though. Uh, I got a bit of stick for kind of putting unsure for a couple of players because it was kind of seen as a bit of a cop out. It's like you either sort of live and die on the sword. It's like you say yes or no. You don't just. And, and and live by it if you're wrong you're wrong so I'll say, I'll say keep Andy Halliday because I think he will be more influential next season when Hearts are probably spend a bit more time um, not with the ball out of possession no,
2: there can be no nuance here Jamie they're either go or stay and that's it we're not having stay. any <laughs> informed debate um, you mentioned Andy Erwin there. let's talk about him there's an interesting verdict here you say give him what he wants obviously a very talented young player looks to be destined to be heading elsewhere, um, will it be, or explain to me how big a loss it would be for uh, Andy Irvin to drop out this Hearts midfield. Well, to be honest with you, it, it's probably
0: changed since I wrote this article because Peter Hanning's come in the last few games now and done very well. Peter hanning we, we hadn't seen for a while since he played at Dens Park in what was an absolute horror show of a performance from Hearts in general, but you know, Peter Hanning was particularly bad and I think was hooked. Half time or something, if I remember rightly. Um, So I think this my opinion has probably changed. I've asked Robbie Nielsen twice now after the games um, within about six weeks, six weeks apart about Andy Irving's contract. Uh, The 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 second time was just after the Aloua game on Friday. He said Hearts have offered him a really good deal, um, but it's up to Andy Irving and his agent now. So the fact it's taken so long would suggest that he is he is going to be away. I don't know if he's holding out for offers or if he's wanting a better deal from Hearts, I don't know, I couldn't tell you, but uh, Robbie Nielsen thinks Hearts have offered him a really good deal, so there you go. I,
2: Adam, understand that um, a wee podcast came up with the nickname for Andy Irving uh, this year, so I know that you guys have high high thoughts of him. It
1: wasn't, wasn't even this year, mate, I've been banging Andy Ervin from since, I think it was December 2019. Um, and a, a, a mundane one all draw with Aberdeen at Tynecastle, where I thought he was the best player on the park by a million miles. Um, I, I'm a big fan of his, but do you know it, well, As somebody that called him the Portobello Pirlo, I can't, I can't punt him, but what I will say is, if he doesn't want to be here, see you later. And that's, that's incredibly harsh, but ultimately, I I was so in Jamie's camp with the sort of give him what he wants because I thought he was the future. I thought rather than – Hearts have got this classic sort of culture within the club in that we bring through young talent and see them either leave for nothing or a fraction of what they should have done. Um, And I think in the past few years, Callum Patterson, Sam Nicholson are two off the top of my head that just leave for nothing and we later regret it. I dread to think that Andy Irving will probably go into that same category, to be honest. Um, but, like I say, ultimately, if he doesn't want to be here, then we've we've got bigger fish to fry. Nobody's bigger than Hearts. Um, but I, I personally would love to see him stay because I, I just feel as though he's different to anything else that we've got. He seems to be the one that drags us forward. Um, and ultimately, has, that has proved the case this season. I think he's amongst, if not, sort of the most assists in the league this season and now has lost his place so that speaks volumes about the campaign sort of earlier on Um, but yeah I'm a keep but if he doesn't want to be here they'd see you later so I I, I really am on the fence for this one I'd be delighted though if Hearts announced that he was I'd obviously signed a long-term contract because ultimately I feel as though his, his future is bigger than Heart and Midlothian and hopefully we, we reap the financial rewards as a, as a result.
2: Jamie, you mentioned there um, the um, impact of Peter Haring since he came back into the team. You've got him down as on trial next season. Do you think that the way that he's come back into the team, and particularly that Man of the Match performance uh, on Friday night against Alowa, I mean, people are going to say it's only Alawa, um but do you think that that's maybe changed your mind and made you more optimistic for uh, Hanning in this hard team?
0: Yeah, I think so look I mean I think I would like to think anyway, Robin Nielsen has certainly reiterated on numerous occasions that Peter Hanning is only going to get better. It's going to take a lot of time for Peter Hanning to get back to the level that he was at before his, before his injury and I think people forget that Peter Hanning played on for for months with you know injections in his foot or whatever it was, which meant that you know he probably shouldn't have been playing. You know, this guy should have been resting up and and seeing he's been seeing doctors all over the world to to get this injury sorted. So it seems to have been a, a particularly bad injury. Um So look, you know, as I say, I've got him down as on trial next season because if he gets injured again, then that's a that's a no-brainer. Uh, he's on contracted until till uh, next summer as well. So I think uh, that's why I've kind of got on trial next season. If if he if he gets injured again, then that's it. A lot of people have kind of said that. Peter Haring kind of needs to go just because he's he's not really been the same player that he was for for some time now. So, but I think I've I think there's still hope for for Peter Haring that next season he could improve if he stays injury free.
1: He and Suter are can in that same camp, aren't they, mate? Yeah, and exactly, they, exactly. If, if if they are fully fit and can contribute, then by all means they can stay. But if not, yeah. we've wasted enough time. We've wasted enough money. So, see you later. Yeah, basically.
2: There's a few here we should be able to rattle through. I don't know if there's a point asking you guys about Loic Demore. I've, I've seen enough of Hearts to know that that's not one you're... Anyone you should forget be he's to, here. You actually uh, yeah, actually forget
1: that he's here. What an embarrassment. Move on quickly, please.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> we'll go I'll, I'll jump in. I'll okay. say that there's another one that I wouldn't have minded seeing this season. Because he's here. I, I get well, what it's you not mean. like you've gone and signed him. They, yeah. They've tried to get rid of him and failed. So why not play him? See if he's got something to offer. You know, it's a step down to the championship. I thought in the Premiership, he was alright for like five minutes here and there, and then other like 85 minutes he was awful. But I, yeah, I, just, I don't know. I just think that maybe we maybe there, we could have used him this season and seen if there was some improvement there. Because at the end of the day, like or Lova, he's got a four-year deal and he's here till the summer of 2023.
1: Try and chuck him in that shop window.
0: Basically, if anybody's stupid enough to buy him, maybe then I.
1: I, I, listen, I think it's it's a good point. Rather than him sort of, I don't even know. I, I don't think he's in the country. I think he's just over in France somewhere, just living life on on Hearts' his money. So, in that sense, yeah, I'd like to have seen him play. But oh, good God, yeah, honestly, terrible. Big we'll, money he's we'll, on as well. I know he's I'm,
0: on decent decent wages. He's one of the higher paid players at the club as well. Which you know, as if the four year deal couldn't get any worse, it's the <laughs> The wages that come with it that really make you, <laughs> I can't think of a word, really make you angry. There you go. There we Could go. Couldn't use something worse. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I think uh, Adam McInnes is a pretty self-explanatory keep, considering he's only been there a few months and he looks pretty decent when he's played. I don't know if we have to go into that one too much. And um, amazing what a...
1: happens when he's in his natural position. Sorry to cut you off there. Maybe, no, it's but... all right rather than being shunted out on the right-hand side, we sign him as a box-to-box midfielder, play him as that, and he looks he looks good. I mean, what a bizarre notion.
2: Mental
0: error. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they've rotated between that four-two-three-one and and the diamond as well. So, I mean, the diamond's where you've kind of seen either Mechanev at the top of it or on the right of it, Halliday's been on the left of it. So, Hearts seem to have this nature of playing players out of position, which I don't know why they keep doing it, because it very rarely seems to work, but... Yeah, look uh, uh, again. Somebody that they actually paid money for, so uh, that's a rare occurrence, really. So uh, he he better be good because Hearts don't usually pay money for players. Uh, one of the few signings that kind of Joe Savage has kind of been in um, to to get to get done. So uh, yeah, high hopes for for Mick and F, I think.
2: And there's a few youngsters here that are all a sort of mix of keeping. How about actually playing them? Uh, Connor Smith, <laughs> Harry Cochrane, Lewis Moore. Scott McGill, no relation. I know you're wondering there, Adam. Uh, but um, I guess, just very quickly, JB, um, it just sort of feeds in more to the narrative we were talking about earlier that Hearts aren't playing them. It's, but even ones like Harry Cochrane who have lots of first-team experience there.
0: Yeah, look, I mean, Harry Cochrane came onto the scene, obviously, uh, under Craig Levine, scored against Celtic. Um, again, featured at the start of the Betfred Cup games and you and you know, he did alright, I remember it um, it was at Tynecastle he played and, you know, McGill made his debut at Bayview in a game against Cowden Beef in the League Cup and I remember I thought, yeah, they look alright ah, you know, perfect, this is what we're going to do this season this is what I had planned, we'll play these youngsters and, you know, we just didn't, Cochrane again just seemed to disappear off the face of the earth before getting loaned out to uh, Montrose, so, yeah bizarre
2: <laughs> And, uh Adam, the last person I want to touch on here that's kind of just quickly, I think, would be Elliot Freer. I'm pretty sure that's a, a part ways from for most Hearts fans.
1: Yeah, um, listen, there's there's been many an, an underwhelming signing, particularly in midfield. Elliot Freer, it would be harsh to chuck him at the top of the list, but ultimately just isn't of the required standard. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a part ways. Thanks for your service. Thanks for getting us back up, but catch you.
0: But again, someone that was signed on a one-year deal, you know, somebody that before we probably would have signed on a four-year deal. So yeah,
1: again, at least there's it's, comfort it's, in that. Yeah, it's uh, it's sort of a decent contractual management. Um, well, I say that, obviously, some of the signings haven't been great. But again, the consolation that we have is, like you say, that it's only for a year. And previously, I mean, if we're talking under Levine, that's easy three, four-year deal, <laughs> 100%.
2: Is that the highs of being a Hearts fan now when you sign a really bad player but it's just not a really bad player for a really long time? Yeah. Nobody's actually been in the stadium watching play. <laughs> oh, I don't envy you guys. Um I think the next three ones are all really interesting players to talk about at Hearts. We'll probably actually spend a fair bit of time on them. The first one's a player I've been really underwhelmed with, and that's Gary Mackay Stephen. I think that him coming back to Scotland um just as a neutral fan of Scottish football, I thought it'd be great to see him uh, back here. He's obviously a very talented player at this time at, at time at Dundee United and Celtic. And whenever I've seen him play for Hearts, he just hasn't seemed to make an impact on the game at all. You've got him as undecided, Jamie. You're sitting on the fence with that one. Uh, tell me why.
0: Well, I mean, he's here for three and a half years. so <laughs> <been> <laughs> No, look, I mean, I, I think the, the main excuse that people have got for Gary McKay-Steven is that this is his kind of postseason. season um, You know, obviously, he was he was in the MLS, completely different seasons over there. So, you know, again, maybe if he gets a pre-season under his belt that he, he's maybe going to improve. Um, but, again, three-and-a-half-year deal seems just a bit ludicrous for a 30-year-old winger. Um, you know, look, he may still be useful, Um but if he's struggling in the championship, I do think it's a big step up to the premiership. Um, so look, if he, if he struggled this season, fit or not. But you know what, actually, I'll, I'll just completely go back on myself here. The, the, Robbie Nielsen keeps... McKay Steven has often played for like 90 minutes. I've kept thinking, oh, should hook him. But he's he's been kept on longer than I, I kind of expected. If he wasn't fit, you would give him... You know, an hour or whatever, but he seems to be getting a bit longer, and he always seems to be starting. Apart from that game against uh, against Alwa there, so yeah, I struggle to kind of believe if he's he's not fully fit, actually, to be honest. But Robbie
1: seems to have a habit of that, doesn't he? Whereas yeah, the, the, there was cases earlier on in the season where I'm looking at it thinking that Andy Halliday ought to be dropped, and then I'm thinking, well, why is he still in the eleven? And then the only reason that I could come up with was the fact that Robbie signed him, so he's sort of has to stick by his signing. I, I don't yeah. know. It, it's, a, it's a very bizarre situation. With with Gary McKay-Steven, I think the point that you make, obviously, with with New York's, you know, the, the key factor for me. Um, what I will say is that in in Robbie's previous tenure, sort of between uh, Premiership and Championship, that pre-season, he had them fit. And ultimately, if we can get Gary McKay-Steven on a par with the rest of the squad, then perhaps he can contribute, but it's been very limited and another underwhelming signing so far this season, for sure.
2: I quite enjoy on a Saturday afternoon when the Hearts line-up's announced and you just have a look underneath and there's no Jamie Walker and you can just see, uh, it's maybe waned throughout the season, but there was a certain moment in the season where Hearts fans were crying out for Jamie Walker and nothing was happening. Jamie, you've gone for sell if offers are on the table, so... What I'm taking from that is you wouldn't be pushing Jamie Walker out the door like some others, but you think it could be sort of an opportune time to cash in if the opportunity's there.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just not sure he's the answer. Um you're right, player, uh, fans have been calling for Jamie Walker to start, but when he has started, he's not actually done that well. He's been at his best when um, he's he's come off the bench, really. So yeah, it's a strange one. I, you know, I don't know what you've you've got down for for Walker, Adam. I think he's probably one that d- would divide opinion. Obviously, he's a He's one of those guys that was was there previously, so I feel like he's maybe a bit of a fan's favourite. But I don't know. I, I've I've you know got sell if uh, if we can, but I'm not really bothered about Jamie Walker either way because he's got another year left on his deal, and I just don't think he's the answer long term, really.
1: You can you can blame me for for Jamie Walker's downfall. I I predicted at the start of the season, given that Robbie was back in the dugout, that Jamie Walker would be our player of the year. How wrong I was. Um, because ultimately I thought as though he, be, he played his best football under Robbie. So I'm undecided. I, I guess I'd like to keep because like Jamie touched on, he has been an, a decent impact sub. Um, but again, I'm not overly against sort of cashing in should should offers arise. I think it's a weird one though, because I can't really imagine him sort of anywhere else in Scotland. He's obviously yeah. been down in England and, it, you know, it wasn't a, a largely successful spell down there. So for the potential destination is sort of a weird one. I, I really cannot see him anywhere other than Hearts. So if, if offers are there, then by all means, but I can't see any coming, to be honest.
0: You think someone like Wraith Rovers or Dunfermline or that would take him? Do you think the Championship is level? Do you think he can play and, and make an impact can, in the Premiership?
1: Do you think they can afford him? I don't know. I'd, yeah. I'd, it all depends what we're looking for as well. The, the Wraith Rovership is an interesting one because... He was previously on loan there early on in his career. Um, Dunfermline as well. I could see maybe if they don't keep Scott Banks on loan, I don't know. It's an interesting one, but do you think he stocks as low as as the championship?
0: I don't know. I mean, you know, he's not he's not really starting that often, so. No, and you know there are games don't. where there are games where he makes an impact and does very well, but then there's other games where he, he you wouldn't know he was on the pitch. And I think that's why I'm I'm not really that bothered if he stays or if he goes because I just don't think he's the answer long term back in the back in the top flight.
1: It's probably Do the biggest that... probably the biggest debate. Sorry, Sean, and, and sorry. amongst amongst the hearts fan base is sort of this start bench or just totally wash your hands with them. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting, very very intriguing, and to be honest, there'd be decent cases for for all three.
2: Yeah, I reckon Jamie Walker has enough of a name in Scottish football that a bottom half Premiership team would take a punt on him. I could like if you look at Hamilton County and Kelly who are fighting relegation just now. Whichever one of those stay up, I can see if Jamie Walker was available. Would you take I mean, him at Kelly, Sean? We're desperately needing creativity. Um, but probably not. (laughs) A player like Greg Kilty, if he's fit, I'd start before Jamie Walker. So maybe I'm contradicting myself, but I'm not saying it's a good decision. It's a bit like Hearts. I'm not saying it's a good decision, but I can say that um, I think lower half uh, Scottish Premiership teams might take a punt on Jamie Walker just because of what he's previously done in Scottish football. Um, Not always the best way to go about it. You talk about um, Jamie Walker being divided, or dividing opinion, and I think the future of Josh Ginelli is another one that does that. Um, I think when I sort of sent this out to my heart supporting pals to see what they thought about it, another one that was getting a lot of bite back, Jamie, was your decision to, to get rid of him, to part ways with uh, Josh and Ellie. Tell me about that. Why they you decided to do it? Um, and how difficult that is, considering his performances when he has been fit.
0: Yeah, I mean look, he's only played a handful of games, but but the Hearts fans have, have absolutely taken to him like a duck to water, which is testament to, to his and and his performances. Um
2: Or is it know, testament we... to how poor Hearts have been over a long yeah, time? I was gonna a say, kind of and... was Both, gonna say yeah.
1: particularly in the wide areas, I think that's that's a frustration that's yeah. been brewing for a good few years. And it seems as though it's all oh, it's a case of, Oh, we've finally got one. So let's yeah. do everything in our power to keep him, whereas we could perhaps be a little bit deeper in sort of our research in order to try and gain somebody long-term. Um, but I, I'm interested to hear Jamie's thoughts because, to be honest, I'm swaying more towards a keep myself, but I don't know. Yeah,
0: you know what, actually? He's probably one that I'm not overly bothered about, again, either way. I just think that, again, if he was no getting a game for Preston, Preston have kind of been struggling this season. He's done very well at the Championship. As I say, it's going to be a big step up up to the Premiership. And, you know, again, he's another one that is going to need to stay f- stay fit if he's going to kind of get a run in the team and improve. It's, you know, as Adam says, it, it sh- tells you tells you everything you need to know about Hearts wingers this season and in previous seasons that Josh Nelly's only played a handful of games, yet he's been one of the best wingers Hearts have had in, I don't know, four, five, six years. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it tells you everything you need to know, really, about that. Um, he, you know, he was brilliant. He, he was absolutely brilliant. Um, Pacey, quick. That's the same thing. PC direct. Bust. um <laughs> <laughs> Box of tricks. Um, but again, I've, I still think there's a lot of improvement in his game. So do you know how old he is, Adam, actually? I don't know how old he is Of top Is of he,
1: Is he not about 23, 24?
0: So there you go. So still very young. So still is could be not, a lot of improvement. I, I don't
1: that. know. that. I, I'm, I'm merely guessing, mate. Let's don't go take my it. word for it. But...
0: There could still be a lot of improvement in him. So, you know, if Hearts were to go and sign him, then I, I think it's not... Uh, I wouldn't be overly against it. He's 24, Adam. He's just turned 24. Wasn't a bad um, so, you know, he's, there, there could still be improvement in in his game before he before he kind of reaches the prime of his career. So, if Hearts were to go and offer him a, a one or an 18-month deal or a two-year deal, then I wouldn't be overly against it. He's not someone that I've said, no, nah, no chance. Don't want to see him in Maroon ever again. But... You know, I think there I think there's definitely a case to be said for for maybe just dodging a bullet and looking elsewhere maybe
2: and tell us why you're keep there Adam.
1: exactly the same like like I say it's sort of us having you know having frustrations um kinda within the stands and crying out for a winger for so long and Josh Janelli look to be sort of the first probably the first out and out winger that we've had maybe, I don't know, maybe since sort of Sam Nicholson, sort of, Josh Janelli seems a, a real old fashioned type as well, sort of like Jamie says, gets to the byline, always positive, looking to make things happen, um, can finish, can, you know, assist, um, and and yeah, just, just seems to be the total package, obviously excluding the fact that he seems to be available for only about a quarter of an hour at a time, so, <sighs> It's a tough one, but I'd, I'd probably keep, and if we if we keep going down this sort of shorter contract route, then that's that's the sensible option here for me.
0: I think you need to sort of pick and choose what you can get in Scottish football. So, like, Josh Chanel is a very good player, and if he can stay injury-free, then I think he'll be a very good acquisition to the squad going up into the Premiership. But there's always a reason why he's in... The Scottish Championship, the now why he's not getting a game for Preston, and you know it was the same for Peter Hanning, why he was why he came to Hearts, you know John Souter, why he's still at Hearts, it's because they can't maintain a kind of um, well they've just been very unlucky with injuries, you know it's there's nothing about maintaining, it's just been they've been very unlucky, so there's risks attached basically that you know it goes without saying, but uh, I think sometimes you need to take the opportunities that you can get and as Adam says hearts with well, wingers recently haven't been very good so maybe if they offer him a two-year deal and they manage to get a year out of him before he gets injured again then that's probably a a, a decent uh, a decent enough signing
2: this maybe contradicts what you've got in your article jamie um you he seems to struggle with injuries what a couple of pals said to me was that uh, he's not had a history of injury problems before now do we know what the situation is with that and do we think that it may be as harsh to say he's had one bad season can we do, we, do we pigeonhole him as a player who gets injured a lot?
1: Sorry, just before Jamie butts in here, it's absolutely typical that as soon as he comes down Gorgie Way, he rocks up with a, a supposed kind of injury problem. It's absolutely oh, yeah. no surprise given the last few years. But
0: Yeah, again, I mean, it was, uh, I, you know, I remember when he got injured. I was at that game when he got injured. It was, uh, it was Rafe Rovers away, if I remember rightly. And... He went off on the far side and it was, um, it was you know, I remember they sort of said that he was only going to be out for like a week or something and that was it, you know, it was nothing severe, nowhere near as bad as the last one and yet, you know, he's he, we've not seen him again. He's he's at Timecastle still, I see him at, at the game, so he's still up here, um, which would probably go to show that Preston aren't really interested in him anymore, so he's one of those where if Hearts want him, then... He's probably theirs to to get. Um, so, yeah, maybe it is unfair to class him as injury prone. It's just the fact. The thing that got me was the fact that it, they, it seemed to be a lot worse than they maybe originally thought his injury was. Um, so, you know, as I say, risks attached with him, but I wouldn't really be overly bothered either way if they went and offered him a, a two-year deal. Uh,
2: I think uh, I'll do us all a favour and just skip over Jervain Castanier. I'm pretty sure that's a, a part ways for everyone. Yeah, <laughs> Adam's facial expression on this podcast—it's <laughs> um, a shame that the listeners are missing out on that one. So we move on to the forwards, and um, where will we go? I think we'll start with Liam Boyce because that seems like another very, very easy decision. Jamie, we've spoken about on numerous Energy Sport podcasts uh, Hearts' problems with finding strikers who consistently score goals, and in Liam Boyce. <laughs> They finally seem to have done that to an extent. Yeah, look, and
0: I, I mean, I think a lot of Boyce's work, he kind of does a lot for himself. Um, He's scored a few penalties this season, albeit, but yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of Boyce's kind of work has, have, has come from himself. Um, You look at the goal at the weekend, the first goal, sorry, the weekend, Andy Halliday sticks the ball through to him. And uh, it was a lovely ball from Andy Halliday, but it's all about the finish from Boyce, first time outside of the boot into the top corner. He's just a top-class finisher. And uh, the thing for Boyce, for me, is I probably never noticed it when he was at Ross County previously. And, I, you know, I'll, I'll um, be very upfront and say I didn't follow his career down south. Um, his all-round play, his his um, his movement off the ball, his link-up play, it was something I never really noticed about Liam Boyce when he was at Ross County. Um, I just thought he was a bit of a huddy, a bit of a goal scorer. And that was kind of all there was to his game. But I, I realised at heart that there's so much more to his game than uh, than I originally thought. So, Brilliant piece of business from Hearts. Didn't think I would ever say that.
2: Adam, would you echo that sentiment?
1: Absolutely, mate. Yeah, hundred percent. Best, best player at the club, arguably. It's certainly between uh, he and Craig Gordon. Um, and you dread to think where we'd be without without either of them at either end. So, yeah, it, it, a, a resounding keep. And <sighs> it's funny that you mentioned the sort of lack of a consistent goal scoring forward. The um the jury's still out for me. It's still, it's still very, very early days. Let's just, you know, let's just, let's just calm that. Once he, once he bags sort of double figures in the premiership and then elevates it from there, then I'll confidently say that he's in that bracket. So yeah, I, I just, um, just a, just a top, a top, top footballer, very clever striker. And ultimately, I think one of the additions that we'll touch on has been a key reason as to why he's sort of elevated his game in, in the past few months. I think, Perhaps this whole link-up thing was developed at, at Ross County, at, sorry at Burton Albion, as opposed to up in the Highlands. So, it, you know, Burton were sort of one of the perceived better teams in in League One. He obviously had some time in the Championship as well. So, you know, he, he's no mug and a Northern Ireland international. I, th- you, I I could quite easily run out of superlatives for Liam Boyce. I think I already have done. So yeah, top top striker.
2: See, I got you with the Andy Halliday left-back thing, but you're going to have to help me out with that um, that wee hint there because that's where my heart, my heart and the knowledge stop. So how about you lead us on to the next player you want to talk about there?
1: I was just going to mention uh, Armand Nandwille because I've had, I've been very vocal in my kind of want for Hearts to go out and sign a target man that we've typically been used to seeing um, in the time Castle terraces for sort of years and years. Usually it's some big brute that can't score goals and has <laughs> rocked up to hearts for a reason. Um, but I think Armand Nandwili really is an exception to that to be honest. I think his hold up plays excellent. I, I'm very intrigued to sort of see the chemistry between he and Liam Boyce continue to develop um, and I think it's got the makings of a, of a very good partnership. So he and Liam Boyce are, are resounding keeps for me.
2: You've got him as too early to say, Jamie. There's been games since then, as we've alluded to, a couple of times. So have you shifted at all?
0: Yeah, look, I mean, you know, he's only on an eighteen month deal as well. Um, obviously signed him in January, so that'll run till next summer. Um, again, somebody who I think he'd only played four or five games for his for his previous club, but again, teams down south, fans sorry, down south on Twitter were saying, Oh wow, that's a real a real coup, Sean. Um
2: <laughs> <laughs> how you spelling it?
0: C O O I think it was Blackpool fans in particular were, were very, uh, very jealous that Hearts had signed him so um, yeah I, I really again it's quite early to say and uh, I would like to think that he will improve next season but I don't see Hearts going with two strikers next season in the premiership. So I think he's probably going to be playing second fiddle to Liam Boyce next season. I might be wrong and they might play Boyce kind of in behind in a in a kind of number 10 role, but I don't think Carts will be playing a kind of 4-4-2 next season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Nandu. It'll be
2: interesting to see definitely. Um I think another player who's been interesting to look at this season is Jordan Roberts. <laughs> the noises coming out of Towncastle in the first half of the season were not good. Uh regarding Jordan Roberts and he seems to have gone to Motherwell and really kicked on I mean I saw him at Rugby Park when uh, Motherwell came in Motherwell were poor that day they lost 4-1 but um, Jordan Roberts was by far their brightest spark and it just seemed like a completely different player to who I'd seen play in Maroon earlier in the season so Jim you had him on trial next season or slash offload Uh, tell me a bit more about why you're sort of indecisive on that one
0: because he was pish for us (laughs) Um,
2: but Joe, I think Joe Sked called him the most negative
0: winger ever on a view yep. from the terrace in their uh, in one of their segments, and it tells you everything you need to know really about uh, about Jordan Roberts Hart's career. And um, I said when I wrote about Elliot Freer that I thought that Freer tried to make a difference; he just didn't have the ability to to do so. I can't really say the same for Roberts at, at heart. He didn't really look like he was that arsed when he was there.
1: Perhaps the polar um, opposite to Elliot Freer.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, and then you look at him at Motherwell, now they've put him in a more central role. And I've seen Roberts running down and closing down the goalie. I, I never saw that at Tank Castle. Never saw that at Tank Castle from Jordan Roberts. So I don't know, this is where people sort of question... Where Robbie Nielsen comes into this, if uh, if if Robbie, if players were kind of struggling to buy into Nielsen's tactics or they just didn't like him or what, I don't know. But Graham Alexander certainly seems to have, have done something with Jordan Roberts. So maybe Robbie Nielsen needs to get on a wee scouting mission and ask uh, Jordan Roberts what Graham Alexander did that uh, he maybe needs to implement if they're both going to be at Tyncastle next season.
2: And what would you say on that, Adam? Do you think that Jordan Roberts should be at Tyne Castle next season or would you be quite keen, like Jamie? If Motherwell fancy keeping them, just sending them to Anxious.
1: I really don't know. I, I'm in two minds because, like Jamie says, he was rank rotten yeah, for Hearts to be to be polite. Um, and I just, I'd, I'd look at him at Motherwell, and he just looks totally transformed. And I, I can't for the life of me work it out because surely, in the Championship, most weeks Hearts are going to have most of the ball, going to try and make things happen, and ultimately sort of implement an attacking mentality in order to win games. And yet at Motherwell, I don't see that on a regular basis in the Premiership. I just, I can't for the life of me work out why it's proving successful there and hasn't at Hearts. So, you know, if we can sort of unearth the gem that Jordan Roberts has proved in his time at Motherwell at Hearts, then great. But if not, again, not, not overly fussed if, uh, if he were to depart.
2: And another player who's in the Jamie Brandon category of getting absolutely slated by my pals <laughs> is um, Ewan Henderson. I've got one pal who genuinely believes that Ewan Henderson might be the worst player they've ever seen play for Hearts, And I think, considering... thats I mean, that's a tough task. That's some was, feet. <laughs> 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 exactly. And uh, and also, considering... And this was obviously before um, his good performance on Friday night. Uh, so, Jamie, you've got him on trial next season... But I think some Hearts fans would say cons- there's maybe a case they've been too nice to these players who just haven't cut it for a long period of time.
0: Yeah, and I've also put in a wee paragraph. I wouldn't be against offloading him with Hearts likely yeah. to be back <laughs> in the top flight next season. So again, he's another one that I'm not really bothered about. He showed on Friday night that there are there is a player in there somewhere, and he hasn't been anywhere near consistent enough to. To actually deserve a starting spot really in this in this Hearts team which um which isn't really overly inspiring. He featured a lot under Daniel Stendel again in the Hearts documentary. You saw quite a lot of praise for you and Henderson they were doing little drills and all that and you could hear them sort of saying oh Hendo did the best and that. Which shows you that he, he's clearly a player that trains very well. So I don't know if he's a confidence player that when he goes out in the park it's just not there, but this season without fans being in the stadium that's not really an excuse. Um so he looked good on Friday, and he's probably got a few games now where hopefully that squad will relax a bit more now that the job is of, of winning the title is done, and they maybe go out and play a bit better football. So maybe over the next three, three games remaining um, for Hearts this season, that maybe we see Henderson starting over Liam Boyce or Nondua or something, and and give uh, give him a chance. Another one whose contract expires next summer, or so. Um, I don't think he's going to get an awful lot of game time next season, so I think they might offload him.
2: And Adam, we've seen Ewan Henderson play well against Alloa. I think there was, was it against Airdrie last year in the Scottish Cup, the 5 0 1, where Ewan Henderson yes. played pretty well. Look at my heart's knowledge coming through there, boys. <laughs> um, is it maybe a case that his level isn't the Scottish Premiership and that's where he, maybe for best for hearts, but also best for his career? that he sort of reassesses that in the lower leagues?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Do you know what? I I wasn't aware of his contractual situation, and to be honest, that pretty much speaks volumes. I was sort of thinking, as you pair were talking there, sort of keeping with sort of finding him a, a suitable loan destination um, to see if he can cut it. But, you know is just not of a sufficient standard, I don't think, particularly in, in the Premiership. So it'll probably be, as ironic this might seem to suggest, maybe, maybe Aloha in League One might just be a, a kind of suitable destination for him. Or, I don't know, I'd, I'm not even sure how high his stock is in terms of lower league clubs, but yeah, not not of heart standard. And to be honest, with it, a year left on his deal, again, not... Not too bothered either way if we were to keep him and loan him out or just wash our hands totally of him. um,
0: He is is only 20. So I think it's fair to say that there might be improvement in there over the years. Um, And obviously there is a kind of big debate just now about Hearts letting players go too early. Um, Goodness, like Josh Doig... Liam Gordon at St. Johnson. there's there's loads. The list is endless of of players that heart seems to have let go that have gone on to to bigger and better things. And I'm not saying this is too early because you're right. We haven't really seen enough of of Henderson bar the odd game or two to suggest that he deserves a new contract. But he is only 20, and if they were to give him, I an, say, another one year extension and then loan him out to somewhere in the Championship, say next season, that could be interesting. Maybe.
1: I think so. Particularly when you're touching on the confidence thing, I think, listen, it, it would have to be the, the right club ideally in that he would get a load of game time and would develop. Of course, that goes without saying. Um, but I think it's a case of developing mentally as well as physically um, and proving that he, he is capable. So it will be very interesting. It's a, it's a big pre-season for him as well because I, I, I can just see... Uh, I don't know, maybe maybe we might see the management team sort of cave in to to give youngsters more of an opportunity than they have this season I I, I really don't know I, it's the jury's out for me with, with you and Henderson I, previously I would have sort of said get rid but now I'm sort of a, of the mindset well let's find him a, a loan spell and see what he can do
0: yeah I think that's fair enough because as I say I don't think he's done done enough to, to merit a new contract or anything so definitely no. the jury is out is, is definitely a fair description
2: I don't know if we're letting Adam get away with the fact that he was pushing for Hearts and Alawa to do some business together there. I don't know if we <laughs> slide or... I don't see that <laughs> happening.
1: Just, just living rent free in my head, mate. That's
2: <laughs> all you think about. Uh, and We've got one final player left and it's at the completely opposite end of the, the experience spectrum to and Henderson, and that's Stephen Naismith. Uh, Jamie, it seems like a good idea to end on undecided, just end on the fence where you started, really. Um, so, you're you're not sure on him because there's a lot of different factors to look at Stephen Naismith because as a player, maybe doesn't have the most impact on this Hearts side, but then everyone knows just how big a character and a leadership figure he can be.
0: Yeah, you know, I remember listening to another Hearts podcast. I think it was Scarce Around the Funnel and they had guys like John Daly and that on and they said he was perfect for a coaching role. And when Hearts offered him like another, God, I can't remember, three, three four-year deal, I can't remember.
1: Four, I think. Uh,
0: was it four I can't I can't remember off the top of my head I think it was pretty apparent that he wasn't going to be playing for those four years so I do think a coach role seems seems highly likely for Stephen Naismith at Hearts. and you know I've, I've sat beside Stephen Naismith in the stands you can hear him a mile off on the pitch or even when there was fans there you could hear Stephen Naismith on the on the pitch but sitting beside him in the stands oh my god it's, it's absolute murder your ears are ringing after the first 20 minutes of the game but you can see how much of an influence i think he has on the rest of the team and i think again going by the kind of wages that he's on i think he's a player that a lot of fans are kind of on the fence because it's like well we've given him a four-year deal he's not really playing that much and he's on big money so doesn't really sound like great business to me but i'm not a not finance director so
2: (laughs) thank god uh where are you (laughs) and Stephen Naismith adam
1: I really am on the fence because I I just look at it and think he's not a guaranteed starter by any manner of means. I think he's a decent impact sub. I think he has the potential to be, you know, a, a decent tutor for for our younger players. Um, but ultimately, how can that? How can he justify sort of the perceived wage that he's on by sort of just being a, a tutor and a coach? It... it I don't yeah. know. It's You know, it is it is a really interesting debate. And to be honest, I don't think there's any real definitive answer. So Hearts, like Jamie touched on earlier with, with somebody else, are probably at a lose-lose situation here. Um, just, again, an, an, another baffling decision, given the duration of the deal that was handed out to a then, what, 32, 33-year-old? And I think he's obviously creeping towards his, his mid-30s now. So just... Another baffling decision at the time, and one that we're sort of left to regret, kind of later on.
2: Uh, not with uh, Hearts' interests in mind, because why would I? But I just think that uh, having uh Stephen Naismith playing games in Scottish football is something I want to see. Like it's just, it's a great, it's great to watch. It's always, like, like Jamie said, when there's fans there, you can still hear them. So as a character, I think he's great to have around Scottish football. But if you are thinking of it. Um, from a Maroon perspective, I can completely understand why uh, you'd be unsure.
1: You might still get him on sports scene, mate.
2: Maybe. Maybe go. That <laughs> that might be enough. <laughs> uh, we'll round it off because there's one final person that Jamie uh, said whether he thinks they should stay or they should go. And that was Robbie Nielsen. Um, you've gone for part ways at the end of the season, Jamie. Uh, tell me about that. I know this is a very touchy su- uh, subject for Hearts fans, so I'm just gonna let you guys run with this one.
0: Yeah, look, I think everyone has their own opinion on Robbie Nielsen and you're listening to Sports Sound and, and hearing Craig Levine, John Collins, you know, Chris Sutton saying that the the overreaction to Robbie Nielsen is, you know, completely ridiculous and unwarranted. It's it's not unwarranted. There's many things that you could maybe describe it as, but it's not unwarranted. Um, you know, hearts have lost in both Cups this season to part-time opposition. And, you know, for any kind of full-time team, I think that's probably not acceptable. You know, even if it was Ross County's, I don't know, anybody. Queen's Park, you know, it's, it's not acceptable um, to lose to, to part-time opposition in both Cups. Um, Adam, I think I'm right in saying that we were both at that Alowa game in the Cup. Um, we and not. we were we were terrible that day. And you, as soon as you got past the kind of first half hour... I certainly didn't have um, have any doubts about who was going to who was going to progress in that tie. As for Broa, I didn't bother watching it. Fortunately, I, I was listening to it on Sports Sound the last sort of twenty minutes or so. And uh, as soon as that kind of result filtered through, I thought Robbie Nielsen's position was untenable. Um, it's you know fairly fairly simple that it's the, the worst result in the club's history, and I think no matter what club you're at, you are lucky to survive if you kind of are the, the the perpetrator of the the worst result in a club's history really so that's why I've said at the end of the season people say yes he's achieved his main aim of of promoting hearts but to be honest with you no disrespect to hearts but uh, no disrespect to, to any of the other teams but I think any of us three probably could have um could have led that Hearts squad to the to the championship this season because the reality is they really should be winning by a lot further than than they have I think at the start of the season um some some bookies were offering only odds of about 4 to 1 for Hartstool completely unbeaten for the whole season and i don't know how many games we have lost now a few um so you know obviously the expectations were were much bigger than than what they have uh, have actually turned out to be and that's why i think Robbie Nielsen's position is is probably untenable past summer
2: adam just i'm, I'm giving you guys the floor i th-
1: I, I wouldn't disagree i think Oh, this is a this is a very touchy subject. Like like Sean rightly said, um, I I just look at it and think that there are a couple unattached managers that could get better out of this squad. Um, and ultimately, as bizarre as it is to say, we've won the league. Yet it's still a, such a forgettable season. Um, and that is largely down to to the cup exits. One. One of the Alloa broorah Rangers defeats is bad enough. Losing to Alloa for the first time in our history, (laughs) Broorah Rangers was sort of, I think it was our first defeat to a non-league team since 1900. So Queen Victoria was on the throne the last time that Hearts lost to a non-league team. Um, Was that
2: the thing that Aris 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 (laughs) McCall scored the winner in that game? (laughs) It was just (laughs) tremendous. I mean, from the rest of Scottish football, thank you very much for that, lads, because it was a great laugh.
1: Yeah. I, I, listen, at least we've been able to provide some comedy, mate. Um, there we go. That's 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 pretty much been the case of the the highlights of our season, to be honest. Um, so, I, I do I I like Nielsen, but and and I'll always be grateful for that first championship season for for his playing days with with Hearts, but. To me, yeah, th- th- there's three managers that I thought of sort of there and then after the broader defeat, which I unfortunately tuned into, um, courtesy of a live <laughs> stream. So that was that was quite something. Um, that ultimately I, I would have taken it ahead of Robbie, and you know I'm sick of the excuses. I'm sick of the style that he's trying to sort of implement because it's all right implementing a style with results. Yes, you can argue that he's had that to an extent, but. You know, recently it was a case of sort of two wins in nine in the in the Scottish second tier, which for a club of Hearts' size and stature just simply is not good enough. Um, and ultimately, we'd have probably earned you a, a sacking back in the the Vlad Romanov days um, in the top tier. So the fact that we've stooped so low and I've sort of accepted that in the second tier is worrying. Um, and like I say, there's a, a trio of managers that I'd take as opposed to to Robbie in the in the dugout. You're gonna have to Alex, with those names, then. Yeah, in. Alex Neil, McInnes, and Stephen Robinson would be third choice. Oh, yeah. But I'd be, I'd certainly lean towards. Uh, it is in that order. Alex Neil, first and foremost. Great jobs with Aches and Norwich. Worked with Joe Savage before. Okay, it didn't work out at Preston like it, like you would have hoped. But name me a manager that hasn't had an unsuccessful spell in their career. Um, Derek McInnes elevated Aberdeen and had them consistently within the sort of top three, four. Would kill for that now, and obviously as a sort of regular Hamden, um, Hamden trip goer, I guess you could say. And that Aberdeen were frequently in semi-finals, finals. Hearts haven't had that for a good few years. Um, and Stephen Robinson obviously was linked with the gig uh, when Levine was sacked before we appointed Stendel. Yeah. Then had it seemed to be the choice of kind of Hearts on the Northern Ireland job, and then again he just sort of fizzled out at Motherwell. So maybe it's a case of Hearts. It could be sort of that perfect stepping stone for him to kind of get back uh, get back in, in management. So, yeah, I, th- I think that trio seemed to be more inspiring than Robbie for me. And like I say, just, just sick of the excuses and the fact that he's kept his job after the cup exits, despite the league win, really does speak volumes about kind of the problems that have emerged at Hearts.
2: And regardless of your thoughts on... Nielsen, Jamie, the Championship has been won. They will be playing the Premiership next season. But how important is it that these sort of decisions that we've been speaking about today are spot on from Hearts going forward? Because on one of our other football podcasts, Energy Extra Time, uh, one of our panellists, Cameron Wonstel, said that he thought that Hearts would really struggle when they do go back up, that they could be right back in a relegation battle. And initially, this was a few months ago, you were sceptical of that. And as the weeks have gone on, I think you've become more and more round to that way of thinking. So these decisions, these players, management, everything um, regarding Hearts going back into Premiership, it needs to be right or it could be a very, very tough season again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, he's he's spot on. And um, I think my whole opinion on the championship as a league changed. I thought the championship was a very competitive league, and then the longer I went on, I started to think, well, Hearts are absolutely shite, but they're still like really a number of points ahead of all these other teams. So then I thought, well, is the rest of the championship just not that good? Like it's it's all right, but is it just not that good? So yeah, I think uh, I think Cameron's right that I think that it will be a step up for. Well, obviously it'll be a step up, but I think Hearts will need to will need to up their game considerably. If uh, if they want to make the top six, or I think a lot of fans would say the top four is probably a bit of a pipe dream, to be honest, which is <sighs> tells you kind of everything you need to know really about the position of the club now. Um, but I think they probably need a, a relatively solid season of like sixth place or something next season, and then you look at building because if Hearts don't get it right, I think they could go straight back down. Yeah.
2: Are you excited for next season, Adam, or is it met <laughs> with a lot of trepidation considering? how the title winning season has gone in the championship?
1: My excitement is probably more regarding the potential of getting back into games, to be honest. Um, Being allowed to boo. <laughs> <I missed booing. laughs>
2: Not just at your house, like, on
1: your laptop. <laughs> well, all my venting's done on a Monday night recording Per to Paisley. Um, <laughs> but no, it just, I, I, I totally agree. I think it's just been such an uninspiring campaign. and as. As obvious as it is to say, Hearts' recruitment has to be spot on in order for us to sort of stave off any sort of relegation dogfight. And, you know, I'm usually optimistic about Hearts, but I think right here, right now, if you offered me top six, I'd bite your hand off for it, to be honest.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Jamie thank you very much for coming on Adam thank you to you for coming on it's been great to have you on on Energy Sport do you want to let people know where they can find you on uh, Twitter and as well at the, the Perth to Paisley podcast if they haven't already
1: yeah so you can find me on all the socials um, at Adam T Kendall and Perth to Paisley is on all the socials at Perth to Paisley nice and simple so yeah thank you very much for uh, for having me on troops very much appreciated Jamie,
0: right,
2: Cheers, give you, Adam. give your social media a plug as well you've done such a good job uh, covering hearts this season
0: I am uh, at Jamie underscore M-A-C-5-1. Such a da mm-hmm. handle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Such a da handle. And if, uh, if you're a fan of uh, Kyle Lafferty related content, I know some Hearts fans miss him, then feel free to find me uh, at Sean McGill 8 uh, Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Energy Sport Unpacked. It's been all about Hearts squad and their futures in Gorgie. If you disagree with our panellists, then you can let us know at ENRG Sport. Uh, make sure to follow us while you're there. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out Energy Sport Podcast, subscribe uh, for more great content. To read Jamie's article that this podcast was based on, head to energiesport.net where we cover all kinds of sports with match reports, features, opinion pieces and interviews. Thank you again to Jamie McIntosh and Adam Kennedy for joining me. I've been Sean McGill and hope to see you again soon on Energy Sport.